How's it going? Um, I'm Jesse. <laughs> I work here. Um, and I can give you a sermon now. Um, I've had a weird day. I've had a really, really good weird day. Uh, my heart is super full right now. Uh, my family, and that's to say you all have loved me very well today. Um, a bunch of guys gave me one of the, the probably... It's one of the nicest things I've ever owned in my life. You maybe have seen it on the interweb already, but it's lit. These guys spent 10 months or something refinishing, tweaking this drill press that, and and some of you probably don't care that it's a tool, (laughs) but it is one of the nicest things I've ever owned in my life. It is beautiful. And they helped me clean out my garage, which is something I would never do by myself. And it's crazy. It is amazing. Um, so I've been loved today. Um, I also took seven hours off of my sermon prep time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, which is normal, right? I always do that. <laughs> I always get, no matter how much time I spend on a sermon, I want to spend like 20 hours more. Um, and the reason is, I like the Bible a lot. Yeah, seriously, totally, totally nerdy about this and like obsessive. I freak out like I, it is the words of God and I want you guys to feel it. I want you guys to get it. I want us to live different because of it. So I get scared. I get nervous. I was like, I can always use more time to get it better for my friends. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try like hell to give you heaven. Um, so, yeah, no truth, see life. It's a two-step process I'm giving you tonight. But uh, I want you guys to pray with me first, okay? Uh, we need we need God to help us out. All right, Jesus, um, here we are, family. We are together here for you. That's why we do this thing on Sundays. You know it's not exactly my favorite part. I love Monday through Saturday. I love being with my family. Um, that is my scum family, my big family. All of all of my friends who call you dad, and a lot of my friends who don't yet call you dad. But right here, right now, we're here for you to say thanks. You are dad. You loved us. We love you back. Thanks for your words. Help us out with them. I pray that you love this tonight. And I, if, if you love it, then that's mission accomplished. We'll put it in the W column. After that, it'd be sweet if we got smarter. It'd be sweet if we understood more. And if we get that, one more thing we'd want is a good time to smile together. So, all right. That's what I want. And I love you a lot. Amen. All right, so we're going to start with the story. Um, yeah, so there, you know, we, at Scum of the Earth, uh, all the, everybody on staff fundraises their salary. So we are, we're always fundraising, you know, like, you know, I know we're poor. <laughs> but um, there is, we used to be uh, supported by this church in Montana, and uh, there is amazing people there. Um but they're, uh, 
Montana's not like Denver. <laughs> uh, things are uh, more conservative. There's, uh, it's safer. Gosh darn it. It's just a much safer place to live. Um, and uh, not as volatile, not as scary. Um, that's not to say there's no sin. They've got stuff to deal with for sure. But yeah, there's a lot of things that they don't have to deal with there. Um, but yeah, so the, the, we used to go there every year and do some fundraising stuff. And one year I was there um, talking to the high schoolers. And so I was like, okay, probably not the most lucrative fundraising situation. Uh, so I kind of forewent the, uh, the uh, we're poor and we need money uh, angle. Or it, because it's much more like God is doing something. You should join in. And honestly, that's the way it is. But my MO is like, you guys want to know Jesus. You guys want to find Jesus. And so I was getting all wound up. Um, but I knew I was going to get wound up. And so, so I, I tried to back down because like they, uh, we use, uh, we use different words in Denver than uh, Montana uses. Uh, so I was like, okay, it's like, I can't use the word sucks. I can't use the word crap. You know, it's like, you got to, you know, button the top button. So I was like, all right, say, don't say naughty words in Montana, especially to the high schoolers. So I was trying like heck, <laughs> like H-E double hockey sticks to, uh, <laughs> to, to, you know, straight and narrow it. But I was like, oh, I was going to get wound up. I knew I was going to get wound up. So I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. But I was like, oh, no, you want Jesus. He's, he lives life in the most interesting way. He sees life in the most interesting way. And he applies truth in the most interesting way. He's so weird. You're going to love him. And I got through and I didn't say any blue words. Um, and <laughs> I thought I won. I thought I was like, yes, I killed that. God loved it. Those guys loved it. No problem. Two days later, I get called into the office, literally. Uh, the, the, the youth pastor is like, okay, Jesse, uh, can you come in? We need to talk. I was like, man, I tried so hard. But, like, yeah, he got complaints. <laughs> he got complaints. Uh, from There was a couple parents that, you know, it's a little, uh, I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> that the, they were looking for, they are looking over my shoulder, so to speak, and they and they're like, you know, Jesse, you know, you did good. You know, a lot of the students really loved it, and blah blah blah. He said some stuff that was a little challenging. Um, I was like, uh-huh, yeah, that was the idea. Um, and it's like, well, you know, you said that Jesus is weird. I was like, yeah. And they're like, Jesus isn't weird. And I was like, wait, what? That they were so bummed that I called Jesus weird, and like raining like nasty emails to the youth pastor because of me saying Jesus is weird. It's like, have you read the stuff that he says? Normal guys don't get killed like that. It's like Jesus is weird as H E double hockey sticks. I was like, what is going on? I was like, so no matter what I did, I was like trying so hard to be good. I still failed. I can't do it. It was like, I am not supposed to be a pastor in one of those churches. Although there's amazing people there. There are brothers. There are sisters. They are a major reason we have this building free and clear. 
God loves us because, like, through them. But, oh, gosh, it's just, I, I don't fit there very well. I try. I really try. I try to, you know, light a fire under the butts. Go, go find Jesus. Jesus is amazing. I was trying to be good, but I failed. That is what happens tonight to Paul. He tries to be good, and he fails. <laughs> I'm going to try something different tonight. I'm actually going to give you the synopsis of the scripture that we're going to read. Before, and a question that I want you guys to think about, and then I'm going to read it to you. So, here's what happens. We're in Acts, right? And Paul is uh, running around, pissing everybody off with the gospel. Um, he he uh, had just fled Asia, you know, like what is now Turkey, um, and he's heading towards Jerusalem. Paul is a Jew. Jesus had just gone down. This is why, like, we studied Luke for two years, and Luke is amazing because it's all Jesus, and, like, it's Jesus at his weirdest. Sorry, Grace Bible Church. Luke is crazy. There's, like, Jesus is like... Like, love your enemies, hate your family. It's like, what? Okay, all right. Party with people that you don't know. Don't invite your friends. Jesus at his finest. And we love that. We're like, at Scum, we're like, yep, okay, let's try some weird. And now we're at Acts. Because after the, all the apostles and disciples had heard Jesus' stuff, they started doing Jesus stuff, and that's what the book of Acts is. And so that's why we're here now. Jesus had been around, and now he had left, died, came back to life, went up to heaven, preparing a place for us and all that. Um, Paul was like, okay, sweet. Everybody needs to know about this. And that, and this is, like, this is covenantal, covenantal theology stuff that I'm not going to get into now. But Jesus, God, the covenant made between God and man was just for the Jews. It was just for God's people, the nation of Israel. Jesus happened, and that's for everybody. Huge door open. Now everyone can get in on this deal. And Paul's like, holy cow, everybody needs to hear this. And so he goes talking to the Gentiles. Goyam. <laughs> um, it's like, you guys, have you heard about Jesus? He loves you, and he wants you in. And so he's going around. It's like, okay, you don't have to worry about the law anymore. Jesus took care of the law. He took care of all of the rules. Follow the rules because they help. But you can have Jesus. Get some. You can talk to God. Do it. And Paul's just on fire for this. And the Jews are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. We are the best. We're doing it right. You can understand why the Jews were not about it. And so everybody's pissed all these jews are pissed at paul and and they're like no 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 whoa 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 no jesus was sketchy at best he messed up the rules for us because he did (laughs) oh man he was weird and so he's been running around asia talking to gentiles and his mission is to go back to jerusalem Jew capital. All right. So he gets there and uh, there's some Jews who, who are converted and they're like, yeah, Jesus. Yep. Get it. He is the Messiah. 
Duh, sweet, let's do this. And there's a lot of Jews that are like, no, screw that guy. We're going to kill that guy. And so Paul gets to town, and they kind of catch up, and they're like, yeah, things are cool. Things are great. You're going to love this, but they're going to kill you. Like, really, they're going to kill you. And so we got this plan, though. We got this plan to show them that you're still cool. Oh, my gosh. You two. Hi. So happy to see you guys. Um, Sorry, you guys just totally messed me up. I'm so happy to see Kyle and Melinda. Holy cow. Um, So where was I? Okay. Um, They... to make you look good, because you're still a Jew. Paul is a Jew, and he likes the Jewish stuff. To make you look cool, we got these other new converts, and, and they're going to be purified. Why don't you take those guys and get them purified? They're in this festival thing. Do all the Jewish stuff really good, okay? They're going to like that. And, and that was the plan. It's like, okay, great. And so they do it. Six days. More than six days. And then... It hits the fan. Like, it's like, oh my gosh. The Jews are just like, I can't take any more. That guy sucks. And so they grab him. They're going to beat him. They do beat him. They're beating him to death. And then the, and then the Romans are like, whoa, hold the show. And they grab him. And they take him away. All right? So that is what happens. That is what happens in this story. Okay? We're going to read scripture. And what I'm trying for in this time is to say that's what the story is. Now you can see how it fleshes out a little bit when we read the words of Scripture. And I want you to think about a question. This is one of my favorite questions ever. Questions ever. We're going to talk about this question tonight. Where is God in this story? Because technically, he's not in it. He's referenced, but he's, he doesn't even have a bit part. Like he, he's, he's, he's not a character in this skit. So is he not there? I think he is. I, I know he is. So I want you guys to think about what is God doing here? What does God think of this? So I'm going to read the words and I want you guys to read along with me. However, that works best for you. Some of you, it might be reading the words as I'm reading them, or it might be closing your eyes. That's the one that works best for me, like closing your eyes and just listening to what I say. But participate in listening to the words of God, okay? Dude, is this because of the new bulb we got? Glad we spent that money. It just doesn't work now? (sighs) Stupid. All right. Verse 17. When we arrived at Jerusalem, that's like, uh, uh, Luke, who wrote Acts, and uh, a bunch of, and Paul and all his buddies. The brothers and sisters received us warmly, brothers and sisters in, in Jerusalem. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had been doing among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God. Then they said to Paul, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed and all of them are zealous for the law. They've been informed that you teach all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise circumcise their children and live according to our customs. What should we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. 
So do what we tell you. There are four men with us who have made a vow. Take these men, join in their purification rites, and pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved. It's part of the deal. Not interesting. They're trying to be good Jews. That's what's happening. Then everyone will know there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the law. As for the Gentile believers, we have written to them our decision that they should abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. Anyway, uh, the, the next day, Paul took the men and purified himself along with them. Then he went to the temple to give notice of the date when the days of purification would end and the offering would be made for each of them. When the seven days were nearly over... Some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help us! This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our law and this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. Uh, They had previously seen... Trophimus the Ephesian in the in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul has brought him into the temple. The whole city was aroused and the people came running from all direction. Seizing Paul, they dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. While they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. He at once took some of the officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. When the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers... They stopped beating Paul. The commander came up and arrested him, Paul, and ordered him to be bound with two chains. Then he asked who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd answered, <laughs> shouted one thing and some another. And, and since the commander could not get at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. When Paul reached the steps of the barracks, the violence of the mob was so great he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed kept shouting, get rid of him. (laughs) What the crap, man? This is like a quintessentially exasperating passage. I read this passage and I'm exasperated. I'm like, what the crap? Jeez, everybody. It's it's like kids in the back seat times 173, right? It's like Dad, Paul's not following the rules. He's getting close to the line, and Paul is not helping. He's like, Paul, oh, the line's right here. Oh. Not crossing the line not crossing the line. It's like, you're really freaking close, though. Paul's being kind of a turd. He knows he's going to piss people off when he gets there, and he just goes right up to that line. I mean, this, happen- I mean, this happens in our car all the time, but like just, just this last week, so my seven-year-old, uh, Finn, is, is, it's hot. He's rolling down the window, and, and, and Pocket, my 10-year-old, is, like, telling him how to roll down the window. I was like, oh, my gosh. Two-year-olds figured that out. <laughs> he, 
He knows how to roll down the window. But, but Pocket is saying, he's like, no, 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 no. It's got to be this level, man, because that, that level is where it's going to be best. Like, don't roll it. No, 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 it's too low. And it's like, oh, my gosh. What the crap? Surprise, surprise, they're getting super pissy with each other. Oh, shocker. It's like, oh, gosh, it doesn't matter. Technically, Pocket was probably right. Pocket's telling him, like, this line is the best. And it probably was. It probably was the best for the situation, the present, whatever. But Finn's goals were being met. And it's fun to play with the button. It's like, Pocket, it doesn't matter, bud. Finn, stop playing with the button. This is Jerusalem at this point. It's like, oh, but you're grown-ups, right? It's like, holy crap, like, have some grace for each other. You like the same God. A lot. Really, really devoted to each other, and you're trying to help each other get there. Be grown-ups. Patience. I mean, mean, you look at verse 27, though, but when the seven days were almost over, it's like, oh, okay, well, six days of Paul doing the, not touching the line, I'm not touching the line. It's like six days. Holy crap. Yeah, I'd get over it, too. It's like, (sighs) it's like, it's like you ticklish people. I'm I'm sorry. It is, it's a hard Cross to bear. I know it. I'm sorry, ticklish people. It's like, this is one of the banes of existence if you're ticklish, right? It's hard enough. And it's so much worse when everybody else knows that you're ticklish, right? Finn, for the record, is our most ticklish one. And so far, he likes it more, so, so go get him. Um, but you know... When, when, if you're ticklish and someone else knows you're ticklish, they do that thing where, you know, they come up to you and they do the jazz hands around you. It's like, I'm not tickling you. I'm not tickling you. It's like. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> you, you, you hate it because, like, this is the dumbest tactic ever. And I'm succumbing to it. Right? It's like, I'm not tickling you. Like, yes, I know you aren't, but God dang you're making it uncomfortable. It's like you're succeeding in being a turd. Technically, they're not tickling you. And that's the way these conservative Jews feel about Paul facetiously obeying the law. I empathize, I sympathize. Like, oh my gosh. Like, was Paul not being... This provocateur, like, he's like, (laughs) I'm not breaking the law. I'm not breaking the law. It's like, but, you know, if I play a part in this scenario, I'm totally Paul. I do this all the time. I care about the truth of God a lot. And like, I am a slave to obedience. I can say that in front of you guys. I have a terrible attitude about it a lot, though. 
I want to obey all the time. But if, if there's some gray areas, I'm going to mess with those gray areas. And it totally provokes a lot of Christians. Like at Grace Bible Church in Montana. And I tried. I tried. I really tried to be good. I still failed. And sometimes you wonder, is like, well, are you just going to fail? Is, like, is, like, is it possible to win that game? Well, maybe, maybe not. But this is the part of the sermon that I like best. Did you think about where God was in this? Because he, he doesn't have, he's not mentioned specifically, except for he, he got praised at the beginning. What is God doing here? Is he just watching? He's like, dang, this is super interesting. Is he just kind of watching the fight break out? You know, start, he starts, you know, taking the bets from the angels. All right, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Kind of leans in from his ivory tower to see who throws the best punch. I, we're tempted to think that sometimes. I am tempted to think that sometimes. I'm like, God, what the crap are you doing? Sucks down here. Step in. I think he meddled. Totally think he screwed with this situation. This is the thing I do. I see God in circumstances. That's how God talks to me. God talks to me through circumstances. This is kind of a thing that we talk about semi-regularly at Scum. It's like hearing the voice of God. How do you hear from God? Oh, well, I don't hear from God that way. Oh, I wish I heard from that God that way. Oh, I need to hear from God, so I'm going to talk to Jimmy. Jimmy hears from God that way. We talk about it all the time. I used to hear from God like pretty clearly. Like it just glowed. I was like, I, God wants me to do that, and I did it. And He stopped. He stopped doing that. And that is a huge story for another sermon. It might be a couple sermons worth. But I hear God's voice in the circumstances of this earth. It was a couple months ago. Um, it was on Wednesday, Wednesday night, a, a community night. We were watching, we were watching the movie uh, Way Way Back because I'd used that in the sermon, and uh, which is so good, so such a good movie. But um, uh, Steve was walking somebody around. He was he was uh, he was giving a tour of the place, and I was enthralled in the movie, and, and he. Steve uh, said, oh, hey, this is Jesse. He's got this condition where he sees Jesus in movies. And I was like, yeah. But it's like, I, I was totally flattered by that. I was like, yeah. I like that condition. I like to think that I recognize God's heart when I see it. I want to think that I can find redemption in Jesus. Like our vision says, we're an outpost finding redemption in Christ Jesus. I'd like to think that I can do that. 
My friends, we all can have that condition. You can hear from God. I made a mess. Step one, no truth. Step two, see life. Step one, no truth. Step two, see life. That's how you do it. That first step, knowing truth, knowing what scripture says, knowing what God cares about, his MO, the, 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 thing, the way he's done things before. Step one to seeing God work in this world is knowing truth. And that's something that we got to get better at at SCOM. Like, I know that we've talked about ways of, of, of uh, you know, having the retreat and, like, doing a super intensive way of, like, this is how you study scripture. And we're doing better on money because, you know, money is why we stopped. Like, we've had two months in a row since we, since we kind of said, hey, we're drowning. Two months in a row in the black. I haven't sworn once, right? I think I, I haven't sworn yet. Yes, sweet. Um, so, sweet, good job. That's what I'm saying. Thank you, guys. Maybe we will have the retreat. But step one, we have to know truth. What God likes, what he doesn't like, how he does things, how he doesn't do things. And it, it, we got a big, fat book about all that. There's ways you can study it deep. There's ways you can get super complicated and crazy into it. And it's so fun. It's like, it's really, really cool. But here's a bone. This is just like two minutes. All of you can start reading scripture and knowing God better this tomorrow, tonight. Read a chapter. Any chapter in scripture. I'll give you some recommendations, though, in a minute any chapter in scripture and ask the question, so what does God care about? Okay? That's all you got to do. There is quick lesson right there. Read a chapter and just that one question. Wrestle with that question with one chapter of scripture. What does God care about here? And it's way more interesting if it's not easy. Because there's different kinds of scripture, right? There's there's the like these books, like uh, the the Gospels and Acts and uh, Genesis, Genesis. There's all these history books, these accounts of stuff that happened, narrative. There's those. Then there's doctrinal books, like all the letters from Paul. There's like, do it this way. Try this. This is this is you, you're gonna want to try this. A lot of commandments, a lot of stuff like that. It's much easier. In those books, to read a chapter and it's like, oh, God cares about this. I mean, he just said God cares about blank. So, all right, well, that was an easy one today. Do a hard one. Do, I mean, there's also the, 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 the wisdom books and, like, poetry, like Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Uh, Song of Solomon is PG-13. But um, seriously, you read that book and you're like, I think he, does he really mean her? Whoa. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
do the narrative books. Read Genesis. Just pick a chapter in Genesis. And it's more interesting if God isn't mentioned as like, okay, what does God care about here? You might have to think about it all day. You might have to think about it all week. You might have to think about it all week and then ask your friend. You might have to think about it all week and then ask your friend and then ask your small group. But that's why it's fun. You get somewhere. I do this. I do this a lot. And you find interesting things. Like it doesn't say in scripture whether God likes Beethoven or Mozart more, but it's Beethoven. I know this. I really pissed somebody off once. <laughs> Saying that, it's like, no, he doesn't. He likes Mozart more. <laughs> but he does. He likes Beethoven more. Um, you can get to that stuff. God is interesting. He seems like, he can seem like a robot in this guy that just does the right thing all the time and gets kind of pissed. He does get kind of pissed, but oh, he's so interesting about it. Knowing what God cares for is step one. And there's people that are really good at it. You can be really good at it. Step two is see life. And this is an oft-skipped step. First step is often skipped too. At Scum, we probably see more life than a lot of churches. Some of you have seen too much life. I just want to say, oh my gosh, I just, I'm not saying I, I was about to say it's like, and I just want to take you out of life, and it just sounds like I want to murder you, but that's not exactly what I want to do. That's not what I'm, <laughs> that's not my MO. But like some of you are like, I've had a rough go, and you've seen way more than I think anybody should have to see. God have mercy. But those two things are, we, are how we are going to find redemption in life. To recognize God's heart as we wander through, I'm going to say it, the shit show of earth. It's gnarly out those doors. If you don't have the shit umbrella, it's going to get dirty. Jesus is that. He will, I mean, if you know what he cares about, it makes more sense. And I'm not going to tell you that it always makes sense because it doesn't. Oh, my gosh. I am in a period of life where I, I, we're having complicated conversations, me and God. I don't know where I'd be if I didn't know truth and I didn't know what God cares about. There's people that are really good at that first step, but don't have the second step. Like, dare I say it, the the Grace Bible Church in Montana, they know truth better than me. Better than a lot of people. Maybe not better than Craig. I like playing the Craig card. Craig's my friend. (laughs) So, you know, Craig is a, a professor and like a famous professor at Denver Seminary. And he goes here. He's probably speaking at a conference in, you know, Cambridge right now. Actually, our, our uh, founding pastor, Mike, is speaking at a wedding in Cambridge right now. I didn't plan that, but anyways. Um, but they don't see life. 
Total ivory tower Christianity is like, I know what God does. Well, do you know what God does outside those doors? Scum, we see a lot of life, but we don't always know truth. So if there's obviously two ditches, we ought to walk down the road in between the ditches. We have to know truth. We have to see life and put them together. I know how God operates. I know what God cares about in this situation. Movies are fun practice. But real stuff is being in each other's lives and seeing each other's lives and pointing at truth. We're all right at it. All right, it's not good enough. All right. We're going to get better. I glance at my notes. <laughs> In Scripture, those guys, Jerusalem, the Jews, the conservative right wing, they knew the law better than anybody. They knew truth. But when life happened right in front of them, namely Jesus, they didn't see truth hit life. And Paul didn't at first either. A couple chapters later, Paul talks about it. He's like, I was with you guys. I totally knew truth, and I didn't see how Jesus was that truth coming to earth. But he is that. Paul figured it out. He got there. He saw life. He saw truth. He's like, oh, oh, my gosh. Guys, guys, guys. This goes together. It's Jesus. And they're like, no, no, I don't see it. But God meddled. Basically, nothing happens for the next three chapters of Scripture. Basically, it goes to court, and it's as bad as, like, courts in the U.S. It takes for effing ever. Like, they don't get anywhere. Just back and forth. Like, he said this. Like, he said that. It's like, wait, I'm a Roman. It's like, whoa, don't touch him. It's like all this crazy, like, jurisdiction stuff. And, like, it's like, oh, my gosh. Can we do this? Can we don't do this? But, like, who's in control? And that, in my friends, in my opinion, friends, is God meddling. He stalled things out. He, like, made things slow down enough so that the Roman commander shows up and then... Like, uh, people speak up at the right time or people speak up at the wrong time. However, they get, no fights happen. I mean, he gets beat a little bit, but then it stops. Paul starts, uh, Paul starts, uh, um, conversing with, with Felix and his wife and like all these Romans become Christians and God's like, all right, like basically he stops this car. All right, I'm going to stop this car. And he does. He stops his car and he opens the driver's side, goes back to the to kids in the back, like smack, smack, quit it. 
conversation's done. Both sides thought they were going to win. And guys, I, oh, no, no, you guys are, you guys suck at this. Shut up. He stalls the whole thing out and he just starts doing all this subversive, under the surface stuff. God's like, this is how it's done. Not this grandiose posturing and filibuster and blah, blah, blah. Everybody tries. But God's like, no, 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 shh, 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 shh. It's all this subversive, under the surface stuff that starts happening. Life happens. And some of the the people involved saw it. Almost everybody in the situation has some corner on truth. Knew what God loved, but then before they got out of control, they saw life. They're like, oh, 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 I know what God is actually doing here. No truth. See life. That's what we do.